Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. I might be becoming a bad baseball fan who can't enjoy the romantic things because of advanced statistics. 15 years from now, I want to be on the early baseball committee. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. I literally have the fan graphs hoodie, the baseball reference t-shirt, just repping some stats, you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball. Kind of whenever I am your host, Christiana, over there across from, or over there to my actual right, as you cannot see on YouTube, unfortunately, is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I am doing very well. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks. We've had a lot happen. Both of us are in finals season now in school, so you know we haven't had a whole lot of time to ourselves. Uh, but we we finally found a couple of hours here to talk some baseball because a couple like two or three things happened in the time that we've been gone, like the entire winter meetings. Yeah, yeah, like a couple uh, one two year deals. You know, slow moving off season mm-hmm. uh, as we've gotten used to <laughs> over the past <laughs> few years. Yep. Um, you know, maybe, maybe judge will, will sign around spring training. Who knows? Mm-hmm. No, we're, we're kidding. Uh, yeah, we were going to record last week, but, um, uh, our bodies, uh, did not cooperate. Um, you know, think things, ha- things happen, you get sick. Um, but yeah, now we have a lot more to talk about. I think every big name free agent except maybe, uh, D- Dansby Swanson has signed yeah. so far. That's like after yeah. I mean, if we're looking at the remaining free agents, it's kind of a big drop off after him. Um, and you know, we have a we have a couple hours here, so you know, we're we're gonna try to emphasize the teams that did the most um, in this episode, and then what we don't get to in this episode, we'll get into next episode. But you know, the teams like the Yankees, Giants, Phillies, Padres, Rangers, and Mets are teams we want to get into. Uh, maybe a little bit uh, Red Sox uh, if we can if we have the time yeah because you know not only did they sign some people but they also you know lost their biggest piece um, but you know there's there's definitely some teams to emphasize after these winter meetings um, first off like what's our reaction to I mean I think the biggest reaction and you know even just looking at MLB trade rumors and seeing how much they underestimated the years uh, for every single deal, like um, for all of them, what did we think about just the the amount of years these guys were getting? It's absurd. <laughs> it's people, I think we saw at least three, maybe four deals that that are going to bring players into their 40s. Yep. Uh, that's that's always been known as a, a big no-no. You don't do that. Yep. You know, I think everyone, you know, people have Pujols fever where they're like, you look at what happened there. We're going to make sure that never happens again. I think at least, I mean, you'd assume at least one of those contracts is going to end up uh, in a similar style, but who knows? Uh, I mean, people are clearly desperate to spend, and I think it's cool. I mean, I genuinely think it's cool that people are investing in winning products because the last few years have taught us that it's abundantly clear that throwing money at everything that moves can win. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, like, the Astros this past offseason had a payroll near $200 million. Um, Braves, the Phillies did as well. Yeah, Phillies did. Uh, you know, Braves have a upper-tier payroll. Dodgers, 2020, obviously highest payroll in baseball um, up to up until this year. Um, the final, their 
final 2022 payroll, the Astros, uh, was... Why isn't Fangraphs loading? $179 million. That's yeah. upper tier. Yeah. Not um, not top of the league, but it's upper tier. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So yeah, it makes a it, you know, makes sense that teams are willing to throw money. But yeah, what what we haven't seen since the Albert Pujols, Miguel Cabrera, and Prince Fielder deals has been these deals that go into guys forties. Uh, mm-hmm. Um I think also it's a reminder that like like, you know, I think the shortstop class stands out uh, in this offseason with Correa, <laughs> Bogarts, Turner, Swanson. Um, and we, we haven't seen, like, a, such a group of great shortstops that can do it offensively and defensively in a, all in a free agent market. Since last offseason? Well, well what, it is Se- the case. Seager. Seager, Story, I guess, Baez. Yeah. Uh, Correa still. Yeah. Simeon. Um, but I, I guess, like... You know, I, th- I think it was this this class is a little better than uh, mm-hmm. than last off season. Um, uh, last year was hyped up as the year of the shortstop a little bit more. But yeah, we we and so yeah, there's a lot of young good shortstops in in today's game. However, like it, there, I think it's also a reminder like we don't really see great shortstops like in their late 30s. So it should be interesting to see how these things go down. Yes. Um, I also imagine that these teams are are like very willing to sacrifice those late years as opposed to how they were, you know, last year, a couple of years ago where mm-hmm. like, it's like, okay, I, I, I want to have a great 2023, 2024, 2025. I'm willing to have a bad 2033 to do that. I'm, I'm guessing that's what their mindset is. Oh, it has to be. Yeah. I mean, I don't think AJ Preller's in there looking at Xander Bogart's 2034 projections being like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think 24 is beyond when the deal goes, but you get my point. Right. It, exactly. So, um yeah, it should be interesting how we how we look at it because yeah, like the last time uh so, like these Pujols, the Pujols deal ended uh after last year, the Fielder deal ended after 2020. Mm-hmm. Um so it's funny that like those were seen as disaster contracts, they just ended, but now we're starting to kind of give them back out um yeah very uh very interesting um but yeah we'll get into uh we'll get into each you know some of the teams now um yankees made their mark uh you know even though one of their even though their biggest move was just a re-sign um you know it's big not to lose that guy aaron judge uh is back with the yankees yeah he is uh chris you have a very hot take listed so i i want to hear it oh yeah um i think yeah, so I think what was being posed with Aaron Judge is like, you know, go to San Francisco. That's a that's an attractive option. Um, they have a lot of, uh, you know, they have a lot of money to spend. Uh, he's from California. The Giants and, are his hometown team, which is, I think, the most attractive part of that option. Yeah, that's the most attractive part of the, the option. I think, the, I think Aaron Judge was very attractive to the Giants because – they needed outfield power. They needed outfield defense. They needed just a very good position player uh, for years to come. For years to come, but they also uh, and and they also had a lot of financial flexibility, as shown. You know, they just signed a guy to three hundred fifty million dollars. Um, however, I think the hometown option for 
Aaron Judge was really the only attractive option for him. Uh, when oh, lo- it clearly was, given the the reports that came out. But yeah, um, but looking at looking at the Giants as a franchise, like Aaron Judge probably looked at it, and you see, like I th- I'm pretty sure they don't have any f- financial commitments beyond 2024. Uh, they're coming off an 81 and 81 year. I think their 107 win season was a bit of a fluke. And looking at the contributors of the, of the 2021 season, like Lamont Brand- Wade Jr., like Brandon, well, also Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belt, um, and uh, yeah, among others, like how much of that do you expect to be productive in even this year or 2024? And I was thinking also like, who would Aaron Judge be excited to play with for the net and? in like two years from now besides Logan Webb. Yeah. Um, and also the loss of Carlos Rodon, which ironically enough, he's going to the Yankees. <laughs> that doesn't help either. So I think, I think the giants are, are not going in a, I think the Yankees are going in a much better direction than the giants. They absolutely are. There's no doubt about that. I think the, a large part of why San Francisco was on the radar a, because you know, there was the quote from them that said like they were not going to be outbid, which to be fair, it doesn't sound like they were, um, right, actually, yeah. by the uh, they were, but not by the team that ended up they they lost <laughs> to, um, and yeah, I mean, like if someone's gonna offer you three hundred sixty mil, of course you're gonna listen to them, regardless of what kind of direction right. you think the franchise is going in. Like we, they obviously signed Carlos Correa later uh, for a very similar contract in dollar value, not in, not exactly in years, but yeah, you know, I mean, Carlos Correa probably considered the same stuff, uh, but. He was probably the Giants were probably the only team giving him that offer. Aaron Judge was getting that offer from the Giants and also the Yankees and an even bigger one from the Padres. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Um, but yeah, like uh, I think it's important to know Ooh, that we got a actually pretty big signing. Uh, Andrew Benatendi just signed with the White Sox on a five-year deal. Ooh, the they White- needed that's a team that desperately needed to do something, anything. Yeah. Wow. Good that- for good for Rick Hahn. Good for. Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, that's big. They needed an extra outfielder for sure. Yeah, for sure, especially with how Pollock went last year. Um, but yeah, going back to Aaron Judge, um, I think also sometimes we get we get uh, enticed into the hometown thing as fans because you know I think an average person can kind of relate to that. But thinking from Aaron Judge point, Judge's point of view, you know he's been in the Yankees organization for. Uh, nine years now so that's kind of that's kind of his home and I'll be there for honestly. nine more uh, so I th- and I think we we talked about with that with like Garrett Cole um, it was like oh he might go out west because you know that he grew up in California but ultimately I think it's about um, first of all money uh, second of all uh, if you think that team is an attractive option you know if they're going to win what have you um, but also with judge more so you know familiarity with the bronx the yankees fans um he's always going to have that love from them uh no matter what um so i think that's that's why i thought he was going to stay uh he ended up staying um what did you think about the padres uh bid for him i'm, I'm sorry to interrupt can I, can I talk about ben attendee for a second sure. now that, that news just came out i apologize do we really think he's worth a five-year deal Benintendi? He's coming off no. his his worst slugging percentage in a full season in his career. Uh, every the only season he's ever had with a worse slugging percentage than he had uh, in 2022 
was in 2020 when he played like nine, 14 games for the Red Sox and was hurt and had a 128 slugging. I respect the White Sox for making you know a move that they needed to make, but holy cow, I would not have given him five years. Yeah, the I guess only, it depends on the, the only, AAV. The only argument is he's young, so mm-hmm. signing a guy till he's what 33 or 32 is yeah. is not that big of not a deal. Not crazy. It depends on uh, it depends on what the AAV is. Yeah, because it could be like 15 mil a year, and I'm not gonna right. go crazy over that. Yeah, if he gets if he gets a hundred million that's dollars, what that it would is. be. Oh, it's five years, seventy-five million. Oh wow, yeah, that, make, that <laughs> you, makes sense. That's exactly what you said. Yeah, if he gets like fifteen million a year. <laughs> yep, he did. Yeah, yeah. Look at me predicting deals before they come out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's an interesting deal. It's a mid-range deal. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I still am not sure, but I guess fifteen million a year is a pro- an appropriate price. Right. It's not gonna not gonna kill him. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Good for them. It's a move they needed to make. You know what's funny? Yoan Moncada and Andrew Benatendi are on the same team. Um, oh yeah, the top two Red Sox prospects <laughs> heading into 2016. Yeah, that's a that's a funny thing for sure. Um, but yeah, any more thoughts on the Judge deal before we uh, get into Carlos Rodon? Um, I mean, it was, like I said, it was a move the Yankees needed to make desperately. Um, you know, they kind of lost out to the Astros because of offense last year. Uh. I'm going to be honest, the lineup outside of Judge still doesn't look that inspiring right now. Like, I mean, do we expect Harrison Bader to be on the same on the same stretch that he was on during the playoffs last year? No, not really. He had, like, his own uh, kind of Randy Orozarena stretch there. But, I mean, you know, Glaber Torres at leadoff, you know, I'm, you know he's still only 26 years old, <laughs> uh, which he's, he's getting older. But, like, you know, Donaldson at number five right now, uh, Trevino still catching. They're really going to need to depend on Oswald Peraza and Anthony Volpe uh, and Cabr- and Oswaldo Cabrera as well to to take big steps forward. Otherwise, yeah. I really don't know what this team has to offer on offense this season outside of Aaron Judge and you know what's left of John Carlos Stanton and Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, I mean, um, it's yeah. Part of why I thought, um, part of why I, I make the argument of like Yankees being a more attractive option. Than the Giants is because you know not only not only did the Yankees win 18 more games than the Giants last year, um, but also like the Yankees I think are have like the 12th best farm system as opposed to the Giants who have a who are I think um, I do uh, think they 18th. probably have the, I do think they probably have the best rotation now and uh, in the majors Cole Rodon Severino Cortez Montas like Frankie Montas is your five right and and uh, you know. The Yankees have four top 100 prospects. The Giants have two. Um, so there's there's more promise that there's a better future with the Yankees than with the Giants. So I think that's why absolutely I believed that you know the Yankees were a more attractive option. On top of like yeah, I mean he's the guy's been in the organization for nine years. He has that familiarity. Um, and, oh yeah, something I was going to ask you about the Padres offer. What did you think about that and Judge was, not uh, taking it? It, I mean, it's it makes me appreciate that you know what Judge is. He's a guy who wanted to be a Yankee the entire yeah. time, and I think a lot of your SF wasn't an attractive option. Really, has a lot of merit there. I know that it doesn't involve them, but he clearly wanted to be a Yankee more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. I think it it just it it, it makes sense. He was drafted um, drafted in 2013. 
um, you know, started his major league career in 2016 and, you know, has been, has been praised by the Yankees fan base since, uh, at least 2017 for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, good deal by the Yankees. They're paying him 40 million a year, which is, um, the most given out to a position player, I think, but highest AAV for a position player. I'm thinking that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. Um, coming off a, an 11 win season, uh, in terms of um, F WAR, he's going to be uh, in Yankee Stadium on opening day. That's pretty cool. Um, oh, what is that? Giants, a- Giants, Yankees play on opening day. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Yankee, that's why a lot of people were excited about. Oh, we didn't even talk about. Uh, the most famous th- oh, part yeah. of the Aaron Judge negotiations. Arson Judge. Arson Judge. I still want to know where he's going. Apparently, he was heading to the Giants. We never really confirmed that. Yeah, Passan and, and Rosenthal weren't really in on it, so yeah, I didn't trust it too much. <laughs> but yeah, John, uh, John Heyman. The great I saw the tweet after it was deleted. But yeah, yeah. John Heyman, the great uh, newsbreaker uh, in Major League Baseball. The New York Post. For the New York Post. Uh, tweeted that you know i guess the implication was aaron judge was going to the giants and then he immediately retracted it about five minutes later (laughs) um and then judge signed what the next day yeah it was the next morning yep yep so yeah that's very funny how that worked um and the the cherry on top was the the typo of course yeah oh of course he you know that like that was definitely like some autocorrect like he spells it wrong originally and then autocorrected. It was like, oh, arson. Yeah. Uh, there's every every calendar year. There's one classic moment. Like 2021 was the year of, you know, Bob Nightingale falling for Jeff Passan with three Fs. Yeah. Uh, reporting Chris Bryant to the Yankees, and of course in 2022 it's Arson Judge going to the Giants. Yeah, and uh, you know. And neither happened. Right. One of them was never going to happen. Chris Bryant was never going to get traded to the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> one of them actually did. One of them actually did go to the Giants, and it wasn't Arson Judge. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, yeah. And Chris uh, Bryant went to the Rockies. Always always funny how how the newsbreakers can get. I mean, they love breaking news. But they sometimes, do. sometimes it doesn't work out. Um, but. I don't know, man. Like, if you're John Heyman, you've been first on so many things before. Why? Like, how much does it really mean to you? To be first again. I get that it's the biggest news of the offseason, but he was first on Bryce Harper in 2019. I remember that. I missed yeah. it. I was I missed the news by an, a full hour. I, I think it happened on a school day. It had no. So I was. It was after. It was on a school day, but like after school hours. Uh, okay. But I could. I was at rehearsal and could not get to my phone for a full hour. Yeah. And I came back and my phone was had like a zillion messages and notifications. And I was like, wow, I missed the entire Bryce Harper signing. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was not the only action that the Yankees took, uh, or you know, in the past two weeks. Uh, they went out and they signed Carlos Rodon. Um, I think there is big potential here. Um, you there's, know, there's, there's potential for injuries, of course. Um, he hasn't had a reputation to – get a lot of innings i imagine last year was probably like his first qualifying season um 178 innings and and he had the second most f4 in all of baseball with 6.2 yeah uh amazing peripheral numbers both in expected era and fip yeah um 
Yeah, this was his second second season of above uh, 162 innings, which is the qualifier. Um, but yeah, led, led led the majors in FIP, led all qualifiers in FIP. That's big. Um, and only for six 162. That's impressive. Yeah, which I, I was surprised by, especially given the amount of contracts that were given to guys into their late 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rodon is going to be signed through age uh, 35 only. That's um, a beautiful contract for the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I put in my notes, you know, my opinion, of course, uh, potential to be the best signing of the offseason. Value-wise, I would 100% agree with that. Yeah, like maybe he's not going to... Like maybe, you know, maybe Aaron Judge and Carlos Correa and Trey Turner will all put up better better numbers, but if we're talking value, yeah, yeah that's the one right there. Because, um, cause, yeah, I mean, he, he was, yeah, as you mentioned, second uh, in all of baseball in... Uh, F war among pitchers and first uh, and FIP first and FIP uh, among the entire uh, entirety of Major League Baseball first in strikeouts per nine in the entirety of Major League Baseball. Uh, he's been top six in Cy Young each of the past two years. Um, I almost uh, this would this might be an aggressive take, but I almost compare him to Garrett Cole leading up to the Yankees contract because there are uh, some parallels it's not identical obviously however it's two two high uh draft picks um who both you know kind of were not i think cole showed more early on however they both weren't living up to their complete potential at first then they had two very very good years leading up to free agency um I mean, Rodon hit free agency twice, but two very good years leading up to free agency, and then they got their deal. However, Rodon is getting uh, literally half of what Cole got, yep. uh, even though they're signing at the same age. So that's partially why I think uh, this Rodon deal is a, is very good. I think the only dif- the only difference is uh, Cole throws a lot more innings. Even on a per-game basis, he throws more innings. He'll probably throw an inning more a game than Carlos Rodon. But um, I sent a tweet out earlier. It said... Um, the two years leading up to Cole's free agency, uh, Cole had a 2.68 ERA and a 2.67 FIP, um, and Rodon in his two years leading up to his free agency, 2.67 ERA, 2.42 FIP. Um, so I think I think there's a lot of potential here with Carlos Rodon. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think this gives the Yankees probably the best rotation in baseball. Um, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, it gives them probably two top ten pitchers in the game between Cole and Rodon. Yeah, it's a great one-two punch. A uh, couple of great one-two punches in in New York with you know uh, the recent signing that the Mets had and the recent, of course, Rodon addition that the Yankees made. Uh, if we get a two-game Subway series that lines up perfectly, it's going to be beautiful. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, I think. Um, I th- yeah. I th- I put him down as as potential best signing of the offseason because of largely the peripheral numbers. It's always a good sign when you're striking out 12 plus guys per uh, per nine innings and you know walking less than three per nine um, and having a you know he had a two six five FIP last year two two five FIP this year. Um, it's it's mostly a matter of whether he's going to stay healthy or not. Um, I think his stuff is there. He has one of the best run values on a four-seam fastball out there and one of the best run values on a slider out there also. Um, he has great numbers on both pitches, um, and he's a he's a real weapon. And, yeah, as a Red Sox fan, uh, it, it, it 
does not comfort me knowing that he's going to be in that rotation for mm-hmm. six years now. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think, yeah, the the main concern, I, I think the main concern is injuries. And if he can get by that, uh, he can be a very dangerous starter for the Yankees. Um, so, any more thoughts on uh, Carlos Rodon? Yeah, I mean, I think the Yankees, I mean, they obviously, re-signing Aaron Judge needed to happen. That doesn't even make them better. That's just, you know, right. it maintains the yes. best part of their team. Rodon makes them much better. Uh, it gives them a much deeper rotation. I think there's a lot less pressure on Frankie Montas now, uh, who oh, is yeah. kind of the big piece that they got last year. Now we can kind of slide in as their five and not really have to worry about it. Um, so I think Frankie Montas will be better just on that merit alone. Um, I think the Yankees could use another position player or two. I don't really know who's left out there. Um, maybe like Trey Mancini or something. That's probably the best bat left on the market outside of right. Dansby Swanson. That I mean, that's not realistic for the Yankees. Um, yeah, I, it it might not work because of uh, just positionally. Yeah. Um, but I mean, another outfielder. Uh, you know, Benintendi just got taken off. They weren't gonna get Gallo. <laughs> yeah. Because surprisingly, it's not gonna work. <laughs> um. <laughs> But you know how that is. Yeah. Gallo, you know, Gallo just signed a one year deal with the Twins. He doesn't have a no trade clause, but I feel like he's automatically given has a no trade clause to the Yankees. Um like it's mutual. Uh and it's not even a personal thing. It's oh, like, dude, yeah. this fan base ruined your life. Yep. Uh we don't want you just right. for that reason alone. It's like even if you can make us better. We're looking out for you here, really. Yeah. Is we what, pro- yeah. Is what we're doing. We're just making a nice gesture. Um, yeah, I don't know. The Yankees, their bench depth right now is kind of questionable. On Fangraphs, is projected as Kyle Higashioka, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, DJ LeMahieu, Aaron Hicks. Um, you know, I think they could use another bat for sure, especially, you know, I don't want them to have to put too much pressure on uh, Peraza and Volpe this year because right. Peraza is a guy that just got his feet wet in the majors last year. Oswaldo Cabrera as well. Volpe hasn't made his debut yet, and, you know, like – he is kind of the reason that they didn't sign Correa either of the times that they had an opportunity to. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because they were like, well, we got this guy coming up, and it's going to put them under way too much pressure, and I don't think it's going to go well. So I, I do think the Yankees could use another position player or two. Because, um, yeah, I mean, Josh Donaldson with a full-time role on this team is not a good look. Yeah. Uh, same with yeah, mostly that. Mostly that, yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, even with the Yankees, like, when you have some – you know, absolutely spectacular players like Judge, Rodon, Cole, even you could maybe throw Cortez into that. If you're surrounded by like moderately good to average players, I think that puts you in a in a pretty good place. I do wonder what we start seeing from John Carlos Stanton now too. Like he he had a you know, by his own standards, had a down year last year. Uh played hundred ten games, four hundred and fifty plate appearances, so not a full season, but you know, enough to where he was an everyday player for the most part. Only a one thirteen OPS plus in a in a season where it was a lot easier to obtain OPS plus points. Right. A, a seven fifty nine OPS. Uh, it was probably the biggest overall decline in production we've seen in a single year from him. And he's only turning thirty three next year, so it's not like he's, you know, he's gone the way way wrong side of thirty now. But um. Yeah, I don't know. I would be worried about him. He hasn't put up a 900 OPS season with the Yankees at this point yet, and this is the first season that he's put up with them 
with an OPS uh, less than 800, and it was yeah. well below. So, I mean, that's another factor. You know, I talked about not having to, not wanting to put a lot of pressure on the young guys, but, you know, you don't want to, you know, there's going to be a lot of pressure on John Carlos Stanton this season because they still have, what, six more years left on that deal? It goes um, until 2028, I believe. If there's uh, a 2028 team option, that will not be taken. Yeah. Why Why would the Marlins even bother putting that? Right. <laughs> 13 years with a 14th year option. <laughs> just, just for laughs. It just, yeah. Just, just, hey, guys, let's do it again. <laughs> let's run it back it's when like, it's been 14 years. Like, hey, who knows how valuable $30 million will be 14 years from yeah. now. <laughs> but yeah, uh, looking at the Savant numbers, um, yeah, it looks like this was Stanton's highest strikeout rate in a full year in a full year in the Statcast era. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I mean, yeah, exit, the exit velocity was still there. Exit velocity still looks good. Barrel rate still looks good. Um, you know, he he. Th- there's some the expected statistics were better, but marginally. Yeah, not it, it wasn't like a Corey Seager situation where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. he's you know he's due to really bounce back next year. So yeah, who knows? I mean. He's 33, um, and yeah, but the problem. Yeah. The problem is, is like that's his only value is is offense. He at hit the plate. a he hit a Statcast era low in line drive rate. Hmm. Um, and you know, I mean, you know, Stanton, he hits the ball hard on a line a lot. Yeah. Low lowest sweet spot percentage uh, of his career also in the Statcast era. Yeah. So a lot of it is just direction, like. Him mm-hmm. hitting the ball in the right direction because the velocity, yeah, like we mentioned, the exit velocity was still there. Um, so yeah, it, it's less concerning than if yeah, if he mm-hmm. dropped his if his average exit velocity dropped by like two three miles per hour. Um, yeah, just got to just has to hit the ball in the, a better direction. But anyway, um, yeah, the yeah the Yankees made some good action, and I think I think this um, definitely reestablishes them as favorites in the AL East. Um, you know, it, if they lost, if they lost judge and didn't get someone like Rodon, you could argue that, yeah, the, the Blue Jays are, uh, are a better, um, favorite as, as the AL East, but with the, with the Yankees making these two moves, um, I think it puts them in a pretty good spot for sure. It definitely does. But there's also, like I said, I don't think their work should be done for the off season. Yeah. And yeah, and the, you know, I guess credit to them, the Yankees fan base. They're never going to be satisfied until they get past the Astros. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a team that hasn't been to the World Series in 13 years now. You know what? Uh, an observation I made during the show that I think would set up for a very funny storyline if we were to get a Yankees-Astros rematch. What? Uh, the Astros, so now that they've lost Verlander, their projected rotation is entirely homegrown. Uh, it's uh, Framber Valdez, uh, Christian Javier, Lance McCullers Jr., Jose Urquidy. Uh, Luis Garcia. Wow. And then plus Hunter Brown might get more time this year. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. That'd be very funny if the Yankees buy up this big rotation where, you know, they sign Cole, they sign Rodon, uh, they trade for Montas. Uh, you know, they have all these stars and the Astros with their development lab. Right. Right. <laughs> um, Just beat them for the fourth time or for the fifth time, technically. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it should be interesting. Um, yeah, like the Astros might. Yeah, Astros could regress a little bit, um, but and Yankees could improve a little bit. But yeah, well, you know, got to play the full one sixty two. Got to get into the playoffs. See what happens. Um, 
for sure. Um, any any more thoughts on the Yankees before we move on to the Giants? Um, no. I mean, I think that's kind of most of what I had. Yeah. So now we get into the second biggest deal. Uh, you know, at least in in uh, dollar amount. Dollar amount. Carlos Correa, um, who really played the market well, by the way. He did. Um, Fantastic job. He gets a 13-year, $350 million deal with the Giants. Um, what did you think about, about this move? I mean, it made sense from the Giants' perspective. They had already lost out on Aaron Judge. And, you know, if they had that money to spend, that was the next best place for it to go. Um, the years, I'm cool with. I mean, you know, I would I would have given him that uh, if I were a GM. They also, you know, they, they got Jock Peterson back on the – um, qualifying offer, they signed Mitch Hanniger. Um, they made a couple of pretty decent moves. Um, and Carlos Correa was obviously the big one to go along with all that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot to... Brandon Crawford's going to go to third base. That's pretty weird to think about. Um, right, right. Uh, yeah, they... So, yeah, they gave him 13... Uh, they gave him 13 years, um, which, yeah, in a market where Xander Bogart's at age 30 is getting 11 years it makes sense that uh what 28 year old or yeah heading into age 28 season Correa is getting 13 years um I think with Correa I think the attractive option with him is like we may not have already seen the best of Carlos Correa um which I think is why he's seen as so valuable because um when I look at him I you know over the past two years um he's outside the top 10 in position player f4 and he's that's even been with some injuries too yeah um but he's yeah he's outside the top 10 um in in the uh in position player f4 over the last uh two years um which were full seasons however he has he has the tools he can hit the ball hard uh he has range he has a spectacular arm at the shortstop position so I think that's where a lot of his value comes from, um, and uh, I think I think what's attractive about him is like, you know, he's been good, but we could see even better. Um, I think there's potential there's potential there, and that's what that's what kind of makes him attractive is like, it's not like signing him because of what he has done; it's signing him for what he could do, because he is only yeah heading into his age twenty eight season. Yeah, I mean, this one also takes him into his 40s. Um, Carlos Correa has been someone who's openly had a sabermetric profile, like, you know, right. in his in his own interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he was, you know, on, I think it was uh, TBS. It was either, yeah, I think it was TBS last year talking about, like, weighted runs created plus and ballpark adjusted statistics and everything. Uh, and the Giants, I mean, like, you know, we saw in 2021 how analytically advanced they were to build that team. So I, I knew that there was going to be a match based on, hey, how much do you care about stuff like this? Um, and I think the Giants definitely present that very well. You know, we talked about them having a lab in 2021. Uh, and then, you know, kind of reality of age hit them in the face in 2022. Yeah, And it is what it is. I still, you know, I think... With the way they develop, I think there's very good reason to w- to believe within the next five six years this team can be competing. Right, and that's why I think um, I know I know we did talk about their direction, but I really do think that maybe not in 2023 24, but when we start looking a couple years into the future, I think this team could be legit. Right, and I think I think uh, also it adds to the point of like 
this move probably works better for the Giants than, say, an Aaron Judge move or a Xander Bogarts move because those guys are both 30 right now, mm-hmm. and they're probably not showing as much value when the Giants probably will be good because um, the Giants, you know, they could be good next year, but realistically, like, Ah, they're probably not going to win the NL West again. No. But say maybe, you know, they have some regrouping, some uh, internal development going on, uh, and maybe 2026 rolls around and they're set to win the NL West and they have Correa, who's probably going to be 31 at the time and still in his prime, whereas, like, if they had Bogarts or Judge, that guy's 33 or 34 and maybe not at their best uh, at their best point. So I think getting a younger guy like Correa is more important for the yeah, team. Yeah, I mean, if they were going to sign a mega deal, this is the one to sign. Right. Cause, which is nicely done by Farhan. Because this, uh, this, ha- this doesn't have to be a win-now move. I think when uh, when the Yankees sign Judge, that's a win-now move. Uh, with Bogarts signing with the Padres, it's a win-now move. With Correa, it's like, yeah, it'll help them now, but it'll also probably help them five years from now too, um, which is, I, I think that's, that's kind of a rarity in the free agent market, mm-hmm. um, but given Correa's age, uh, that's just kind of how it how it uh, how it's going. Um, and the any more thoughts on Correa before we get into uh, Haniger? Uh, no, I really don't have that much else. Yeah, um, Correa signs for three hundred fifty million dollars. Um, you know, the Yankees don't get Judge, but they get you know you know. It's not close to judge, but it is a power hitting outfielder. It's Mitch Haniger, yeah. Um, who, uh, yeah, three years, forty five million dollars. Uh, was injured last year, but I think played consistently after he came back from injury. Um, has a career four seventy six slugging percentage, um, which is you know pretty optimistic. Do you know what uh, how old he is? He is going into his age thirty two season. One thing to note. Um, he it was a bit of a smaller sample size last year. He only played in, uh, my guess would be like eighty games or so. Um, he was hurt for a large chunk of the season, actually right. probably less than that. He played in fifty-seven games, but he did have a career high, or, or well, not a career high, but he um, he did have a high uh in exit velocity. His full, I guess, a kind of sort of full season high, or at least a fifty-seven game high in a season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he hit the ball a lot better last year. He did hit it up in the air a little too much. He had a pop-up rate of 10.6%. That's something that can probably easily fall. Um, you know, if a little bit more of that went into went into fly balls, uh, we're looking good with, with this signing. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think we talked about it when um, last episode with a guy like Hunter Renfro, who's a power-hitting guy, hits a lot of home runs, but has a lower type average. He also has a lower ground ball rate. Yep. Along with the high pop up rate. So like, you know, it it, it kind of balances out. Um yeah. and I I think the deal makes sense. I think fifteen million dollars a year for three years makes sense. It's not an overpay. Uh I don't think Hanniger is getting the short end of the deal either. Um and yeah, I think uh and maybe maybe he won't have as many home runs, but there's still potential for extra base hits. Cause yeah, it's I think I've associated Oracle Park with like Triples being, Alley with being very pitcher friendly. But then I've looked at like the park factors lately, and it's like oh. the extra base hits are probably a little up, specifically yeah. doubles and triples. Yeah, so like definitely triples. Yeah, non home run extra base hits are are definitely up, 
yeah. at Oracle. So he'll still be able to probably get some bases um, for the Giants. Um, and yeah, I think it, it worked out for the Giants a little bit because, you know, they were able to get an outfielder and sign a, you know, very, very good player um, or, you know, a great player like Correa. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last deal with the Giants um, was uh, Ross Stripling. Good, solid move. Not, not, not too much else to say. I mean, he's uh, he was a former Dodger. Um. Yes, and yeah, former Dodger he had very good strikeout to walk numbers last year. Five point five five strikeouts per nine or strikeouts per walk. Uh, solid home run rate. Definitely a good FIP guy. Not not so much in volume, but just more in just general practice. You know, he only had seven point four strikeouts per nine, which isn't crazy. Uh, not that he's ever been really a crazy strikeout pitcher, but 134 innings pitched, a 311 FIP. You know, that's a guy that you think will bode well with the Giants in their system. Right, and um, also should note, like, for the mar- for how the market went and some mm-hmm. of the deals we'll probably get into, like, this is a Steel. pretty good deal for the Giants, yeah. I agree. You know, a, a low threes ERA last year, uh, mid threes in expected ERA, and uh, also 98th percentile in walk rate um, last year. Yeah. I'm trying to look at what is... Zone yeah, percentage was nothing 20, crazy. Twenty walks and 134 and a third innings pitched. Yeah, 3.7 percent walk rate. Um, and yeah, they're getting him for 12 and a half million a year for two years. Um, I think uh, after you know the uh, Anthony Desclafani and Alex Wood deals haven't really worked out. I think it's important to get you know that. Kind Alex of Wood had uh, some very e- interesting ERA minus FIP numbers last year. He oh, was, yeah, was definitely a short end guy. Yeah, for sure. So I still think there's hope on that deal. Dee Sclafani not so much, but, but yeah, basically yeah. they they got you know w- signing Stripling, they kind of got a Desclafani type. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, it's uh it'll be interesting cuz they got what's the rotation now? It's Webb Webb, Stripling, Stripling, Wood, um, Cobb, Cobb, yeah, Cobb, who is due to imp- you know improve. And Sean Manaya, who they just signed. Oh yeah, Sean Manaya. Um, There's a lot of a lot of talk of potential in that rotation, and also Logan Webb. Yes, who is is potential. He's, he's they have the Giants have so many X factors on this team this year. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, in terms of the entire rotation is an X factor. Because Cobb, you know, we know that the potential's there. We know that he was excellent with ground balls last year, but he had some tough luck. Minaya struggled in his season with the Padres, but, you know, we've known the pitcher that he can be. Ross Stripling, we saw what he was with the Blue Jays last year. Is that something he can continue, or was it a one-year thing? Alex Wood, same thing. You know, very much or much better FIP numbers than his ERA showed last year. Um, I think the Giants' defense is really the biggest X factor in all this. And Carlos Correa is a fantastic addition for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and a lot of the defensive troubles last year started with Crawford. He went from a gold glover to a, a pretty big negative impact. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think probably a lot of that can be credited to injuries. Um, but, you know, he's not getting any younger. And if that's a problem, then, you know, it's possible that, yeah, you move him over to second base or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're better off that way. Um, so, yeah, Correa is definitely a step in the right direction defensively. Um, and that was that was definitely the – that was 
are you know between that and the uh and like the the older guys kind of regressing those were the biggest difference makers between 107 wins and 81 wins which was 21 2021 to 2022 absolutely um but yeah in terms of where do you see like obviously this isn't a season's prediction episode but like where do you see the giants faring in 2022 or 2023 i i just came up with a very interesting take in my mind and i kind of want to save it for march okay yeah um i i saw I've, I've seen media people like you know i think it's the easy thing to do it gets clicks but like seeing the Correa deal and being like hey the giants might be closing the gap on the dodgers but i think i mean i think the padres almost already have yeah you could argue um but i think you know the giants dodgers rivalry you know it gets Mm -hmm. uh it gets mixed in and and yeah i think the giants they could be a wild card team next year um but i think um I think they have to they have to have more some more internal development and yeah get some things going. In the I mean, next when was the last years. time they really? I guess Logan Webb, but like, I mean, when was the last time they really developed a bat? Because Joey Bart has not worked out yet. Uh, they have Marco Luciano in the farm coming up soon. Yeah, but you know, you never know with that. That is the thing is you really never know with that. Who are their top prospects? Uh, Elliot Ramos is is a guy. Yeah. Luis Matos, who is a center fielder that's in A-ball, so we will not be seeing him this year. Um, Marco Luciano is their big prospect. We, there's a good chance we could see him this year, but that's very much a could more than anything else. Heliot Ramos we will probably see this year. I think we saw him a little bit last year, actually. But, yeah, did, I, did that is a good point. Like they haven't, really, they haven't really developed a bat. Yeah, uh, they're going to need to start doing that soon. Yeah, yeah he – okay – Helia Ramos did play in 2022. He played 22 games and had a minus 13 weighted runs created plus. That's all right. Whoops. I'm not. I'm not gonna start freaking out over that. Right. right oh, he right, played. Right. Sorry, he played nine games. Uh-huh. Age 22. Age nine 22. games. 22 played appearances. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna start freaking out over that. Very small sample size. Um, do we want to move on to the Philadelphia Phillies? I would love to. Uh, they signed Trey Turner. I awesome. think I think that's great. I think it's dope. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah. I love that for them. <laughs> it's it's very it's very good for them. Um I think for uh, sure. I I feel like Trade Turner's gotten some notoriety, but I th- still think he's a little underrated. Yeah. Um 100%. At least what he's done. I think it's very funny that the Padres have tried desperately to get him so many times. Yeah. And it's funny because people forget they did have him. Yeah. And they traded him for I forget who, but it was in that big Preller off season in twenty fourteen to fifteen. Uh, it was um, I think. God, it was, well, it was to Washington. Um, yeah, they traded him to Washington. God, who was it? Oh. Um. Yeah, I have no clue. Hang on. Oh, was it? It was a three team deal for them to get Will Myers. Okay. Yeah. That make that that's why we wouldn't have okay, so the Padres got Will Myers, Ryan Hannigan, Geraldo Reyes, and Jose Castillo. To be fair, Will Myers was probably the best piece of that offseason. Yeah. Um the Rays got Steven Souza Jr. and Travis Ott. Uh the Rays also got Rene Rivera, Bert Smith, and Jake Bowers, and then the Nationals got Joe Ross and Trey Turner. Right, right. Um yeah. Trey Turner, um, yeah, for he was a player to be named later. That's funny. 
No way. <laughs> he was a player to be named later. That's so cool. Yeah. Dude, he's the, like, the best player to be named later ever. It's uh, SIMLB tweeted on June 14th, 2015. Nationals acquire shortstop Trey Turner from the Padres, completing the three-team Will Myers deal. That has to mean he was a player to be named later. Yeah. Um, but with Trey Turner, when you're talking about Trey Turner, you are talking about someone who, since 2019, has the uh, since 2019 he has the second best position player F WAR um, behind uh, I believe only Aaron Judge. Um, how uh, how sad is it that National fans had to watch? Max Serger, Bryce Harper, and Trey Turner leave for division rivals. Yeah, that's not that's not fun sucks. For them. Um, also, the the other take I had. Remember uh, in 2021 when John Middleton tried to say that the Phillies have no more money, <laughs> and then they signed they signed Nick Castellanos, they signed Kyle Schwarber, they signed Trey Turner, uh, they signed Taiwan Walker <laughs> to what might be the worst deal of the offseason. Yeah, that was very weird. <laughs> Very, very weird what's going on with that. But, um, but yeah, uh, Turner, um, at least over the past couple of years, has been kind of a n- neutral defender, which is an upgrade for the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not used to that. Uh, so, And he can play both shortstop and second base. Um, I think what he brings to the Phillies is, uh, you know, definitely some more depth for sure. He's going to be at shortstop. I think Stott probably gets moved over to second base because Gene Segura um, is on the free agent market still, I yes. think. Yeah, he's still he on the is. free agent market. He's been linked to the Red Sox. Um, he is obviously going to add speed. Um, you know, he is maybe the best uh, base runner, definitely the fastest guy in in Major League Baseball. Um, he led the NL in steals in 2021. He had uh, 27 steals last year. Over you know, since 2019, his 162 game average is uh, 20, uh, 26 home runs and 35 stolen bases, um, a 3.11 batting average to go with that. Um, I, you know, he's just a really good player, and it's very good that the Phillies were able to get him. Yeah, no, it's a, it's dope. It's that's how you respond to losing the World Series. Yeah, is you go out and get you you get a top tier player. Um. Yeah, and except then you also get Taiwan Walker. We can we are we going to talk about that deal as well? We 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 will get into it. But yeah, yeah. I think I think with the Phillies with Phillies signing Turner, it's so it's very concrete. It worked out great. Like it makes sense. Like you know, Stott is, you know, he might have some potential, but he wasn't. He didn't look like a franchise shortstop. He looked like a a quality like um, mid range player who you could realistically move over to second base um, if you want to do that. And especially with Segura going, it makes sense. Um, and yeah, Turner, he should definitely be a good asset for at least the next few years. Um, Taiwan Walker gets signed for four years, $72 million. Yeah, what a, what a deal. What a deal yeah. for the Phillies. They take him from a division rival. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's a he's a good pitcher. Yeah. Would I would I have given him a four year deal or a seventy million dollar deal? No, I really wouldn't have. If Jose, uh, if it wasn't for age, I would have swapped the Jose Quintana contract with the uh, with the uh, Taiwan Walker contract. I think also I 
I just realized this and I forgot it in this whole winter meetings thing. Like they let Zach Eflin go Mm -hmm. and Taiwan Walker, they're welcoming, like they let Eflin go for $40 million and they welcomed in Walker for 72. Yeah. Not the best. Not, not great. Um, for, if you're wondering about our concern for Taiwan Walker, um, we do know he went twelve and five last year. However, <laughs> there's more to it. I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm gonna be completely I just, honest. I just saw that. Yeah, I had no <laughs> idea. Um, <laughs> but um, looking at the baseball savant page, uh, 28th, uh, 28th percentile average exit velocity, 26th percentile hard hit percentage, 45th percentile expected ERA slash expected WOBA. That's like the most important, but it kind of signifies he was below average um, as a you know, in terms of his peripheral statistics, he's, he's, you know, and then you go back to last year, four four seven ERA, four six zero expected ERA. I, I, I don't know. I just don't see where the Phillies are gauging like, oh yeah, that's the guy I want to give $18 million a year to. Yeah. It's weird. It's it is weird. very weird. Um, Dave Dombrowski doesn't care though. Yeah. And, and this is a guy who, yeah, he, his expected numbers um, were worse than his uh, actual numbers, and he's going to a defense that's not really going to help help him out. Mm-hmm. Um, so weird. However, you know, given that they got Turner, it doesn't make it seem all that bad. Yeah. It's good that that's not the only action they made. Um, but yeah, now looking at it, it's uh, Wheeler, Nola, um, Walker, Walker, Bailey, Falter, yeah, Ranger Suarez. Now I'm, now I'm, I don't even know like if he would have fit into that playoff rotation last year. Like he probably would have started Game Four instead of Syndergaard. Um, slash right. Falter, who also started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Eflin. It's it's funny. How like, long is uh, how long is Nola under contract for? Uh, he's a free agent after this year, I think. Ooh. Which is interesting. That's that's got to be an extension talk moment going back to the Eflin thing um yeah if you look at the actual ERA you'd be like oh yeah Walker's a better mm-hmm. option Walker had an ERA about a half run below Eflin's however expected ERA wise Eflin was like 0.7 below uh Walker's um Wa- Eflin had a 327 expected ERA Walker had a uh 394 um so a big difference there so I think, yeah, I think in my opinion, the Phillies went the wrong direction there. Yeah, I do too. They definitely should have gotten <laughs> Eflin instead of Taiwan Walker, um, in my opinion. And I think the Rays should have signed Taiwan Walker to that deal for sure. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, who knows? We could be wrong in the end. However, uh, I don't think I will be. Yeah. Um, anything more on the Phillies? No, no. I mean, I think it's I think it's dope that they're going out and getting pieces you know, I'd rather overpay for Walker than not do anything at all, if we're being honest. Uh, right. Because this is a team that has the financial flexibility, whether they want to admit it or not. True. Where they can suffer one bad $18 million contract for four years. I mean, that's not the worst contract to have to suffer through. So, yeah, you know, and it is what it is. And, you know, I guess I guess you're more willing to throw out the $18 million a year when, like, your four and five options are, what, Bailey Falter and whoever else you know mm-hmm. it's a it's a pretty top heavy rotation it's been like that 
Um, and, you know, especially if you're thinking you're going to be a World Series contender, you want to have that depth for sure. Yes, you do. For sure. Um, however, yeah, I think looking back, you know, tw- hindsight's twenty twenty, but looking back, you think they should be more aggressive, should have been more aggressive on Eflin um, considering the market. But that is it for the Phillies. Now we go on to um, the Padres, who, yeah, they made one big deal. Um, I don't think much else. Um, yeah, so they, they signed Xander Bogarts to an 11-year, $280 million contract. Um, Xander Bogarts is a great player. I think we've all agreed at this point that 280 is a bit much. Yeah. But, I mean, this makes their team a lot better. And they have a big big monster to chase in the Dodgers and this will help him do it yeah absolutely it's um it's the (coughs) excuse me I think it's the definition of win Mm. now I I appreciate that the Padres don't care about overpaying like they offered Trey Turner 340 million they didn't get him they offered Aaron Judge 400 million they didn't get him and they were like well we have this money lying around Xander Bogarts is the next best guy let's go out and get that guy right I'm surprised they didn't do so for Correa but you know what they got a guy and good for them for doing that yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. So yeah, eleven years. It's gonna take him through his age forty season. Um, you know, which uh, yeah, we're mm-hmm. not something something we haven't been getting used to over the past uh, few years of of watching signings. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I I wrote down a lot of notes for this one because I think it also hits close to us because we're both Red Sox fans. Yeah, and we both been watching him in a Red Sox uniform since we were uh, in middle school. Um, You know, we watched him uh, as part of that 2013 World Series team. And, you know, we watched him, you know, be, you know, be kind of a a ray of light in the last place 2015 team and, you know, be part of the triple Bs with, you know, or the quadruple Bs with Betts, Bradley and Ben Ben Intendi. So I'll make all-star teams have a real power surge in, in like 2019. I mean, just like the rest of the league Finished did. fifth in the MVP voting that year. Yeah, and, and just be a really consistent bat, especially uh, for the Red Sox. Um, so, yeah, it, it sucks to see him go. Um, but some notes I wrote down, Red Sox got the best of his career. I don't know if I, – I, I imagine Xander Bogart's best year is past us. Um, yeah. I, I don't. And it was probably 2019. It was probably 2019. I think he had like six wins above replacement that year. Yes. Um, it could have even been this past year, considering the defensive improvement. Um, and speaking of the defensive improvement, uh, so he went from negative 11 outs above average to five outs above average, a 16 out increase, which is absolutely absurd. Um, I think we could view that as an outlier, especially like the shift could also change things and how we view him. Um, and I think given that he was historically kind of a bad defender, uh, it makes sense. It would make sense if he were due to regress defensively next year. And this kind of also leads into what I was thinking. I think we were also doing a lot of like, I think Red Sox fans are doing a lot of uh retrospect of like, they should have, you know, I know that 11 years is bad now, but they should have uh, extended him before this upcoming season. I think they could have given him what the Yankees gave Rodon. Yeah, I agree. Like, in, if they offered that in March, I think he would have taken it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would have regretted it in retrospect, but I think at the time he would have done so. But they offered him, what was it, like four years 120 or five years 120 or something like that? Or four, I saw four years 90 being thrown out that there. That was debunked. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. There's um, no way they would have done that. Um, for what it's worth... He did have a he had his lowest ISO in a season by a lot by a lot uh since 2017. Yeah, uh, in 2022. Yeah, also should be noted last year was a 5-year low in barrel rate and exit velocity. Mm-hmm. Um and I think yeah, in retrospect, yeah, it would make a lot of it, it would make a lot of sense to try and extend before the season. Um however like if you looked pre, you know, pre 2022 compare like story to bogarts you know bogarts was a better bat however story had much better defense and much better base running um so it kind of made sense of like oh yeah you could plug story in if these extension talks with bogarts don't go well however yeah looking looking now story didn't live up to his potential this year bogarts probably outdid his potential this year yeah it looks pretty bad but i think i think it we're doing a lot of hindsight there mm-hmm. um and what else do i have i said potential to be biggest signing bust of the off season. wow i, I mean that's crazy but it's I, also interesting and i don't think that for this upcoming year i think that more for years like five through eleven yeah um because he's not um, I was just say I'm, I worry about that the power decline from 2022, and I know that the whole league kind of went through a power decline, but there are plenty of individuals that didn't. Yeah, and he he uh, yeah he uh, he dropped in power. Um, I think the shift ban could affect his defense. Negatively. He also had a 360 BABIP, um, which is very high and right and doesn't seem sustainable. Yeah, and he actually has his career BABIP is around three thirty. I think he hits he finds spots pretty well. Um it's not like he's really fast and that's why he has a high BABIP, but um he he is able to find spots in the weak spots in the defense. However, also the shift ban might affect his offense negatively in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like we just see him hit We've seen him go against the shift plenty of times. Plenty of times, and I think I have a I I tweeted out a stat at some point uh by the way i have some red sox news they just dfa'd eric hosmer oh that's that's fine yeah <laughs> you know it was very funny i don't know if you saw this but um baseball reference put out their like their 2022 wrapped where it was like the most viewed page you know player pages in, like every state and a bunch of other metrics and they did one where it was the top like viewed pages on a certain day in 2022 and number number one was Albert Pujols the day after he hit his 700th home run, naturally, because okay. everyone wanted to see that. Number two was Eric Hosmer on the day of the trade deadline. Oh, my God. Because he was being thrown around in 18 different trade rumors. He wow. was He was going to the Nationals, and then he was staying with the Padres, and then he went to the Red Sox, and then he yep. was getting DFA'd, and it, just, it was so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But um, I think going back to Bogarts and me thinking he could potentially be the biggest signing bust of the offseason. He was he's coming off a really good year, like a six win, mm-hmm. six wins above replacement season. By the way, he uh his woba against the shift this year was thirty two points higher than it was without the shift. Right. Which um, only he was only shifted ten percent of the time, so it's not a huge sa- sample size. But yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, like with, with Bogarts, I think um yeah, he had a he had a six win season last year. That's really good. A 
dramatic defensive improvement. Um, but I and and very good like BABIP numbers. Um, he got he got a little lucky. So I think he's due to regress. Uh, he also had his best base running numbers in five years. So I feel like, you know, part of it was like, yeah, it's a contract year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do really well in this, in these aspects of the game, improve this aspect of the game. Um, but I don't know. I think a lot of things stuck out last year that didn't stick out in previous years. And I don't know. I think, I think he's due to regress. I don't know how hard, but I think he's due to regress. Um, I don't think he's going to do as good next year as he did this past year. And I think, um, you know, especially given his defensive history, you know, I don't know how long he's going to be playing the shortstop position, especially with the shift ban. Um, or who knows? Maybe maybe last year wasn't an outlier, outlier with his defense. Yeah. Um, last note I put with Xander Bogarts. Are the Padres planning for a chip to fall, whether it's Tatis, Soto, or Machado? Oh, I mean, Machado's 100% opting out of his deal next year. Right. You really think he's going to – I mean, he's making, what, $30 million a year right now? Uh, he, he's coming off an MVP finalist season this year. He could very well do the same next year. Uh, he's making, yeah, AAV of $30, $30 million a year. He's only going to be 31 next year, I promise you. He can get more than that. Maybe he's not getting the same. Well, actually, he's probably getting the same length of a contract. So after this year, he'll have one, two, three, four. I think five years left on his deal, and he'll have one hundred sixty million. One hundred sixty million left. He can get more than five one sixty. Yeah. Um, you if know, he puts up another year like that. To make comparison to an MVP finalist uh, heading into their age thirty two season and into free agency. That's exactly what Marcus Simeon did last year, and he got seven years. And that wasn't even in the crazy market that was this mm-hmm. year. Um, he could have gotten, like, nine years yeah. in this market. But, yeah. Um, yeah, he wants to go into his 40s, too. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think I think this, this move is kind of arranging the roster to adjust if Machado mm-hmm. goes. Um, I also saw... They also haven't paid Soto yet, too. They haven't paid Soto yet. They have two years of control left on Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there was much validity to it, but there were, like, Tatis trade rumors thrown around. I, I'm not buying those until I see it actually happen. Right. And I think that'd be kind of stupid right now. Yeah, yeah, trade him at his lowest value. Go ahead and do mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, why don't, I, why don't I trade for a guy on a large contract that has reputational issues and cannot play for the first month of the season real quick? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think um yeah, there's they're probably planning for either like Soto or Machado to not be around for a while. Yeah. Um no doubt, yeah. So, I agree. And you know, they could move, you know, long term they could move Bogarts to third or second um given, you know, Tatis is going to come back and he's a better defensive shortstop than than Bogarts uh you would argue and However, they might throw him in the outfield, too. Who knows? Um, anything more on the Xander Bogarts deal? Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it, it sucks. It, you know, it sucks with the Red Sox. Yeah. We could probably get into them a little later. Um, yeah, but, yeah, I we, could see us doing that. Um, not right now, though. Not right now. We need to talk about the thing that happened right after we signed off last time. 
Yes, yes. This happened two weeks ago. I don't know if you guys remember, but Jacob DeGrom got signed by the Texas, Texas Rangers. Rangers for five years, $185 million. I think it's very funny that, uh, granted, you know, DeGrom is much better right now performance-wise, but Clayton Kershaw at the same age got one year, 20 mil. Jacob DeGrom got five years of an average annual value of $37 million Yeah, when he has not been healthy since... 2020 basically yeah, Ker- yeah kershaw like also has more innings in the last like two years not that kershaw is a health machine but like yeah he has, I think he health has machine he also, <laughs> yeah the health i machine. saw a um i saw a video of like some mlb the show like content creator that did like a series of like simulating like people's contracts through like you know basically playing mlb the show but the way that the game you know like the game just like gameplay is it's so different to where like you know every hitter swings at the first pitch in the zone and whatnot and they were simming jacob de grom's contract and it was like year one 241 innings (laughs) 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 with like a 195 era and and you know 300 something strikeouts right (laughs) and i was like oh yes de grom will throw 240 innings this year more than sandy alcantara threw last year yeah yeah (laughs) and then in year five it was like 194 innings Right. <laughs> I was right. like, please, <laughs> if we get that one season, that's a miracle. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, um, I don't know. It's it's the show. It's not, it's whatever. Yeah. So what I put down in the notes for Jacob deGrom is uh, no idea what to expect. Yep. And I m- genuinely mean that. Um, I hope we get the, the fun guy. I mean, I don't know. Is it like, do we think we'll ever see the the dominant Degrom that we've seen in 2021 and parts of 22 for a full season, like is it just a trade off where he's either going to be really good or he's going to be okay and healthy? I th- I think there's only I don't know I think because there's... like 2021 even was a different level from like 2018 and 19 when he won Cy Young and was healthy, but yeah, um, cause yeah, like uh, looking you know career retrospect Degrom, um. 2017 through 2019, he threw two, 200 innings in all of them, uh, and then 2020, uh, you know, everyone it was a shortened season. Yeah, he he qualified for the ERA. He qualified for the ERA title by uh, eight innings. 2021 was so funny. And then yeah, 2021. Bro, he had 3.9 hits per nine. 20, <laughs> 2021. 40 hits in 92 innings pitched. Yeah, 3.9 hits per nine, and his. Babip was like still above 200. It's not like he. <laughs> it was 213. Yeah, so it's not like he was getting crazy. still still very good, but yeah, he also had a uh, 42 percent strikeout rate minus walk rate. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then 2021 happens. He's having a unbelievable historic year. Would have been maybe the greatest pitching season of all time if it went longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but only makes 15 starts. Only gets 92 innings. And then 2022, he starts the year on the IL for, what, the first four months. Uh, however, the yeah, rest... Yeah, I love how he had the exact same uh, strikeout to wa- strikeouts per nine and walks per nine. Yes, he did. And then the final two, final four months of the year... Four uh, runs, however. Or, or no, final two months of the year, yeah. including the postseason, uh, he makes every single s- scheduled start. 64 innings, uh, 308 ERA, 213 FIP. 14.3 strikeouts. Probably a better nine. XFIP, too, because he had 1.3 home runs per nine. 
Yeah, better XFIP than FIP. Let me see. What was that What was that XFIP looking like for Jacob DeGrom? I would guess below two. I would guess 1.99. Yeah. Um, 1.53. Holy cow, I was way off. Yeah, he had a home run to fly ball ratio of 17%. That makes sense. So the point is, with all those numbers... He had a 2.2 wins above replacement in in 64 innings. That's a joke. The point is, with all all those numbers, is like... When Jacob deGrom's on the mound, he's the best pitcher in the world. He is. And it makes sense to pay him $37 million a year under the assumption that you will be getting him consistently. Yeah. However, it's bold to assume. It's bold to assume um, his his injuries have been involved with the shoulder and elbow, which are never a good sign. However, like when that happened in when that started in like 2021, there was like a report of like he has a miracle elbow. He doesn't need Tommy John surgery, and like that was apparently like a somewhat valid thing. Like the he didn't need Tommy John surgery. I think the uh, I think part of the alarming thing is like he's a 180 pound guy and he's he averaged 98.9 on his fastball last year usually uh that doesn't usually there's you know injuries happen with that you know it's great that he can throw that hard and you know what you're not encouraged to uh lower your intensity when you're throwing because it's just going to take away from your performance yep however like you know injuries will happen that way like walker bueller for example he's under 200 pounds and he had like a 97 mile per hour fastball he you know ended up now he needs tommy john surgery a lot of smaller guys throwing that hard and even bigger guys throwing that hard mm-hmm. are just gonna have and degrom's velocity has gone to another level in the last yeah. two seasons like his average fastball velocity is over 100 miles an hour um yeah and and uh like it's funny to think about you know Jacob Degrom, uh, 2015 All Star game when he when he struck out the side on 10 pitches and it was like, dang, this guy He's is going dominant, 95 miles an hour, and he he averages over three miles per hour more on his fastball now. Yeah, like um, look at his uh, look at his average. Crazy. Like if you look at his savant chart for his average pitch velocity on his fastball, it's just it's gone up every single year since 2016. Yeah, and you know, well, starting in 2016. Like, uh, it, it, he might have reached a breaking point of, like, his body just can't... Handle do th- doing that, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, like, your body's not meant to, with, you know, do stuff like that. Yeah, because uh, 2018 and 2019, both years, he won the Cy Young and, and threw 200-plus innings. Um, his four-seam fastball velocity was 96.0 and 96.9, which are both two-plus miles per hour less than what he had in, in 2021 and 2022. Um, and I think he just has that, he just has a better capability of throwing harder right now. It's not like he's choosing to throw harder now. He just He's just going full intensity and uh, it happens to be faster now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the body, uh, his body probably can't handle it as much. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like, I don't know, will he get a career altering surgery at some point, it's still unbeknownst. He still has never had a Tommy John surgery before. Um, so there's a lot of questions. It's very... I've, I don't think I've ever seen a chart like this before, but DeGrom had a 28th percentile average exit velocity in 2022 and 91st percentile hard hit rate. I don't think I've ever seen a discrepancy like that. It just means that anytime there was a hard hit ball against him, it was like 105 miles an hour. That is... that's. 
That's that weird. seems not right. Almost. Yeah, I mean, given the, given the numbers, things. it makes sense. He had a 31.8% hard hit rate and 89.3% exit velocity. Like, I'd believe that those would produce those those percentile numbers. Yeah. It just is weird. It is weird. Um, and then the second and final note I, I put on the Jacob deGrom uh, signing. So, consi- like, you know, he was signed through his age 39 season. Um, and some might say, you know, age 39, that's kind of crazy to sign a guy to that. But it's not really that crazy considering, like, who some of the best pitchers in the game are now. Mm-hmm. Still, Scherzer and Verlander are some of the best pitchers out there. And they just they keep doing it. They keep doing great. Justin Verlander even had a Tommy John surgery, and he's still great. He still just won a Cy Young. I have a, uh, I have a fear about um, the Rangers model right now. I hate to interrupt your point because this is a little different, but... I have a very big fear that the Rangers are going to be used for a narrative that spending doesn't win. True. Because they're going to be like, oh, they got Marcus Simeon and they got Corey Seager, they got Jacob DeGrom, and oh, they... Because I'm going to be honest with you, I still don't really see the Rangers as a playoff caliber team yet. I think yeah. they're definitely much closer. Um, we're going to need to see some you know, some big years from like Josh Jung, Adolis Garcia. We're going to need Nathaniel Lowe to keep doing what he did last year because he was one of the best hitters in the league. The Rangers also are a team that have a lot of guys that need to take steps up, especially in the bullpen and the pitching rotation outside of DeGrom. We need Martin Perez to keep going. We need John Gray to stay on the field. We need Andrew Heaney to limit the home run balls and Jigo to Rizzi, you know, to do as much as he can as a five. Um, I think on paper this team is sleeper at best, mm-hmm. uh, but that means, it's all, you know, that means it's a long way up. Uh, right. you know, sleeper is a compliment, but that means... You need to outperform a lot of people's expectations, and I fear that if they don't, due to some pretty clear, just natural top-heavy stuff with how this team is built, they're going to be used as a narrative for why spending doesn't work, even though there are several examples as to why it does. Yeah, right. Um, Especially small market teams. They're going to be like, oh, well, look at the Rangers. They tried it, and it didn't work, so why should we ever spend on this two-year, $20 million contract? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like... It just would. It would be. Yeah. I mean, but it's a very retract, <clears throat> retractable argument. Um, if someone were to make that, because it's like, yeah, if you if you take a sixty win team and add three great players, you're still not in a great spot because mm-hmm. you were a sixty win team. Um, so yeah, like uh, yeah, the Rangers obviously still have a lot of work to do. Um, Degrom, yeah. I mean, but yeah, it, it's a five year contract. If he's still good in year five, I'm not crazy surprised considering no, like, I'm what Verlander either. just did. And I think there's been an article about DeGrom saying, like, it, it was in maybe a Jeff Passan article or something saying that, like, you know, he wants to pitch till age 45. He's, like, doing things to try and uh, extend his career. Um, so, you know, we'll see how that works out. Uh, but considering, like, the level of that Scherzer and Verlander are at, I don't think it's crazy to expect DeGrom to still do well in the later years of that contract. So, who knows? It's just a matter of uh, how much he's on that mound. Yep. So, the Mets lost him, but they uh, still had a very good offseason uh, or winter meetings. They got Justin Verlander. They did. Uh, that's that, That's how you respond. Yeah. Um, AR alum Sarah Langs had a lot of notes about this. She mm-hmm. talked about how the Mets are going to be, I think, the technically the second team 
uh, in baseball history to have multiple three-time Cy Young Award winners on the same team. Wow. It was them in the 2021 Dodgers with Serger and uh, Kershaw. Kershaw. And then I think it was the 1986 White Sox had uh, Tom Seaver and someone else, but they were never on the roster at the same time. I want to say it was Steve Carlton. Yeah, probably Carlton. Yeah. Yeah, the 1986 White Sox. Yeah, they had Tom Seaver and Steve Carlton, but they were never on the roster at the same time, so it doesn't really count. Right, right. Yeah, Um, 41-year-old Tom Seaver and 41-year-old Steve Carlton. And also future Hall of Famer Hale Baines, of course, leading the team with a 2.9 wins of replacement like like he does. Yes. Tony La Russa managed that team, and he got fired midseason. Yep. Um, Jim Fergrossi managed that team. Yeah, he was traded for Dolan Ryan. Yeah. Um, Not a great deal. No. Um, But, yeah, the the Mets, they signed Justin Verlander. Two years, $86 million, same – around the same average annual value as Max Scherzer um, at $43 million a year. Um, I put in the notes he's probably going to get more innings in the next two years than than DeGrom would have. There's Yeah, there's a very good chance of that. Even – yeah, I mean, I agree. Yeah. Even uh, if they're both healthy in the same season, it just wouldn't surprise me if Erlander was on the mound more. Right. I mean, he just he threw 175 innings this past year, and that was with 28 starts. Like, he didn't even – he missed a few starts, and he still mm-hmm. uh, qualified. Um, you know, he's not going to have a 175 year, right? <clears throat> um, again, like, again, I just don't see that happening because, you know, A, it's just – that's extraordinary to do, and B – the Astros defense was amazing. The Mets Afri- the, the Mets defense is uh average about. Mm-hmm. Um so he's not gonna have the same especially in the outfield the Astros had Tucker, McCormick, uh, and a couple other guys that helped helped Verlander out and Verlander's a fly ball pitcher. Um the Mets not necessarily the same. However, yeah, it's that's he's still even if he's a mid two ZRA guy, I mean that's amazing. That's amazing to have. Yes. Um, I think that's kind of a con- concrete deal that, like, yeah, this this should work. This should work pretty well. Um, and uh, after the Mets, I think we should sign off for uh, for today. That sounds good. I think yeah. that was the plan. Yeah, because the Mets did a lot. They did. Um, they also signed Brandon Minnow. Uh, Brandon Minnow. <laughs> Brandon Nimmo. Brandon Nimmo. Very good OBP man. And Very good run to first base on a walk guy. Leads the league in that. Yeah, very good being from Montana guy. Yes. Um, he no, he's from Wyoming. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, Cheyenne, potato, potato. You know, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry there to all our Wyoming and uh, Montana, listeners. Montana listeners. I bet they hate each other. Yeah. I, I would. I they're, would not be surprised. <laughs> they could be at civil war, and nobody would have any idea. <laughs> yeah. Like oh. Four people died. <laughs> Half the population. Biggest, biggest massacre in the state's history. I sincerely apologize if anyone from Wyoming or Montana is listening. But they don't have internet out there. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but Nimmo got eight years, $162 million um, as a guy heading into his age 30 season. Age so 30. He's signed through his age 37 season. Um, what did you think about this one? 
Um, I mean, it was definitely necessary for the Mets. You know, they had a really tough situation going into this offseason where DeGrom was up for free agency, Nimmo was up for free agency, Taiwan Walker was up for free agency, Chris Bassett. They were losing a lot of guys. And to have a good offseason, they just simply had to not get worse. Yes. You know, it's a tough situation, but DeGrom left. They replaced him with Verlander. Nimmo obviously re-signed, and that's huge. Uh, I'm just going to make this a whole Mets thing entirely, but, um, you know, they lost... Uh, Taiwan Walker and Chris Bassett. They replaced the, them two with Jose Quintana and Kodai Senga, uh, yeah. which is really encouraging. That's good. Yeah, you know, I mean, to, uh, the the Mets won 101 games last year, obviously. I know they didn't win the East, so it's not looked at as, as successful a season. But regardless, um, you know, it's big that they were able to not get worse given the situation that they had. Yeah, it is big. And, I mean, talk about perfect timing for... Uh, Steve Cohen to be the owner, because mm-hmm. um, yeah, if you're if this is a Wilpon team, we're looking t- at an 86 win team. Yeah, it's it's not great. Yeah, um, you know, Nimmo and 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 Degrom are gone, and Verland is probably not going there, and mm-hmm. maybe they get Quintana, but yeah, um, it just doesn't look great. But yeah, anyway, like with Nimmo particularly, it's kind of weird because uh, what I put down is. The rate stats suggest he definitely deserved a contract like that. Mm-hmm. You talk about an outfielder uh, with you know decent defense with a three eighty five on base percentage, a one thirty OPS plus. Like you know, generally speaking, uh, a guy like that's going to get twenty million dollars a year for you know a considerable amount of time. However, he's only played a hundred games twice in his career. Uh, last year just happened to be one of them. Um, so I think uh, with with that, yeah, health has to be a factor. Um, but I think based on average annual value, it's not a crazy reach. It's just the years for the most part. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you know what? I mean, he's an OBP guy. I mean, that's, that's something that is, that can be sustainable, especially in the way that he does it. Right. Uh, you know, your walk rate doesn't inherently go down with age. You know, you have no. the same eyes at age 28 that you do at age 40. Yeah. So that's good. However, your I guess your average could go down. Your average could go down, and that is what it is. But you know, there, that's that's a big part of the game that you can always contribute. Yeah, um, which is encouraging for Brandon Nimmo. Right. And the uh, Mets. Uh, Nimmo. Yeah, Nimmo also had uh, six outs above average uh, in the outfield last year. That's mm. pretty nice. Um, yeah, I mean, he's coming off a really, a really good year. Um, yeah, uh, his expected statistics kind of lined up. Um, just yeah, always a great walk rate. I think, you know, I think has some, <clears throat> you know, has some. I think the team probably likes him, and yeah, I don't know. It like uh, if he if he was gone, I think their long term, their long term outfield situation doesn't look great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because that they also you know, in the middle of twenty twenty one, they traded Pico Armstrong. Um, for for Baez, but yeah, like outside of Nimmo, you got Marte, who's around for three years, Canna, who's around for this year, but like, what else do you got? Yeah. So it's I agree. It's good that 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 uh, they're able to have Nimmo for a long time. It's just a matter of yeah, can he stay on the field? Um, kind of the obvious point. Not not uh, spitting any philosophy here with uh, Brandon Nimmo. Um, an interesting signing. Kodai Senga. Yeah. What'd you think? What have you been thinking about uh, Kodai Senga? 
Well, I mean, he was obviously he was probably at the beginning of the off season the number one international uh, import that the U.S. was getting. Um, and I don't know why, but I just felt like he was going to the Mets the entire way through. Mm-hmm. Like it just, I, I don't even remember who the other teams were that were in contention. I think it was like the Cubs and something like that. Right. Um, but I mean, you've mentioned he has he's had very solid numbers over there. His contract was, hang on a second, what was the what five was years, seventy five, I think. Ben Attendee's deal. Yeah, I, I considering what I heard about him, I thought he was going to get more. He is not showing up on Fangraphs. Um, you have to put a U in between the O and the D. I don't know. Uh, it's spelled differently on different websites. It is spelled differently. You're right. Um, it's weird. Um. So last year he had a one eight nine ERA in one hundred forty eight innings pitched. Very, um, I mean, home, I mean, I'm sure the game is very different over there, but I see point four home runs per nine, and I think wow, that's really good. But I also think hitters over there have a very different approach than they do in the U S. Yeah, um, that's probably like league average over there. Right. Who? Maybe yeah. not league average, but it's you know it's not as. Yeah, I'm trying to see. Yeah, the the league average. Uh, in 2022, in the Japanese league, the league average home runs per nine was 0.7. Yeah. Um, the league average ERA was 3.16. So take 3-1-6. that. 3.16. Yeah. So take that into account. However, Jesus. the league average strikeouts per nine was 7.5. Yeah. And Sanga and his was 9.7. Sanga was at a 9.7. Career-wise, he's at a 10.0. Um, I think uh, you know average average walk rates with the guy. Um, but that's really all we can evaluate is his Japanese statistics. There's no stat cast on him. Um, you it's know. hard to yeah. It's hard to uh, predict how signings like this will end up. Yeah. You know, we've had some work out very well. We've had some flop. We've had some kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, but given the hype that this guy's got and the contract that he's got, you know, I think that there's reason to believe that this is going to be a big contributor for the Mets. Yeah. Going into this season. Yeah, and uh, maybe an interesting rookie of the year race between him and teammate Francisco Alvarez, mm-hmm. I just realized. Um, so, should be interesting. And yeah, I think that was kind of the replacement for Bassett slash Walker. Um, and then Quintana was the other one. Yeah, yeah. They've literally, they lost three guys, they gained three guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, they uh, got went out and got Jose Quintana. Uh, two years, $26 million. Um, he was a how about that of mine. I think he was either the last one or the second to last one. Um, he finished last year extremely, extremely strong. Had a, I think he had like a... A 299 FIP overall. Yeah, 299 FIP. Uh, he had like a 201 ERA in his last 10 starts or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like... I, 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 like, I like this deal. I love it a lot. Two yeah. years, 26 mil. Yeah, that's an excellent. That's that might be the best value pick of the of the free agency. Um, yeah, up it, there. It, it it's up there for sure. Yeah. Um, I know. like him, and I like him going from PNC Park slash Bush Stadium to City Field as well as a lefty. Um. Yeah. It it does work. Uh. You know. I mean, just the guy. Like, I, I should go to. I didn't write uh, his full numbers down, but like. In terms of soft contact, um, he was one of the best last year. Um, kept the walk rate down, which was uh, very good to see. 
Uh, yeah, looking at his numbers, yeah, 89th percentile average exit velocity, 78th percentile barrel rate, um, and 61st percentile walk rate. You know, just good, good quality stuff, and it got better when he went to the uh, Cardinals. Yeah, he had a 201 ERA with the Cardinals and 62 innings pitched. Um, you know, I imagine the defense helped out a little bit, but it works. You know, they, and he's got Lindor back there. Um, with the uh, with the Mets, um, I'm trying to see. I don't. I think he has like average ground ball, fly ball, line drive he does. splits. Yeah, nothing too crazy in the batted ball profile. But I mean, that's just a quality pitcher to have on a very non-risky deal. And he's a good innings eater as well. Yeah. Right. 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 He had 165 last year. Um, in 2019, uh, he had 171. Um, was he still with the Cubs in 2019? Yes. Okay, I'm just trying to think. 2020. I'm gonna skip 2020. 2021, he was with the Angels. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember his career path. Yeah, I went from Angels to Giants. Giants. Yeah. But yeah, the guy has qualified for the ERA title one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times in his career. Um. So yeah. Where, where was he in 2020? Real quick. Was he, he still with the Cubs? Cubs? He was still with the Cubs. Okay. Um, cool. So yeah, I th- like especially compared to a deal that Walker got. Uh, this is great for the Mets. Absolutely. Um, very very good. Uh, two nine three ERA last year. Two nine nine FIP. Um, finished the year very strong, and even in the playoffs had a good performance. I think it was five and a third scoreless. Um, so yeah. That's the uh, so yeah the Mets they lost Degrom Bassett Walker, but they gained Verlander, um, Verlander, Senga and Bassett Senga or er, and uh, Quintana Quintana. Like I said, uh, for the Mets to have a great offseason, they just had to not get worse, and they somehow got better. I think. Yeah. Especially in the you know in the rotation, they kept Nimmo obviously. Um. Yeah, it was a very make-or-break offseason for Steve Cohen, and I think he came through. Yeah, any like any thoughts on this crazy payroll that they're about to embark on? Like, obviously, it's not our problem, but like, <laughs> heck yeah, let's see it. Yeah, like it's it's fun, and it's a thing. Like, I, we kind of predicted this would happen. Like, I also, the- I'm gonna be honest. I also think postseason success is kind of a dumb way to evaluate payroll. Like, how can you judge an entire season off of like? You know, a seven-game series, a five-game series, a three-game series, a two-game series in some cases. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, how can you do that? I get I get that it makes for a good narrative, but how can you say that, you know, the Mets last year, they spent a whole bunch of money, had a 101-win season, had one of the best seasons in franchise history. And, yeah, obviously the playoffs didn't go their way, but how can you say that, you know, how can you then turn on the narrative that spending doesn't, you know, that, oh, they spent all that money and it didn't work because it was two games right. for the Padres? Right, right, right. Like, yeah. Like, like baseball is just a cruel sport sometimes. You know, like 2% of Max Scherzer's innings were that start yeah. against the Padres. Yeah, and I get it. Max, I mean, I, a lot, large part of that narrative was probably Max Scherzer. And, yeah, he did a very bad job in that start for how much but you there know, was, they expected out of him contractually and just in general. There's nothing leading up to that specific start that suggested it was going to go that way. Exactly. That's the thing. It's not like he had a 4-5 ERA that year. Mm-hmm. Like, he was... He, the, the only thing you could criticize him for is he was hurt. Yeah. For yeah. some of it. For, like, a month. 
Exactly. Like his rate statistics were unbelievable as always. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that sucks. But yeah, it's it's great to see. It's like it maybe it's it'll make other owners look bad, which is good. Um, you know, shout out to, shout out to the Red Sox. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it might make other owners look bad. Um, I think it's fun because I think the baseball world kind of predicted this or like wished this because he's you know he grew up a Mets fan. He happened to be a billionaire that bought mm-hmm. the team, and he's he wants to see this team do well, and that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it's I think it's fun. Um, it'll be fun to have like a team that's not the Dodgers or Yankees have the highest payroll in baseball. Um, so there's that, and. Yeah, I think I think there's just a lot of fun players to watch on the Mets. There absolutely is. Like Scherzer, Verlander, Lindor, um, even Nimmo. Uh, just some, and yeah, Francisco Alvarez coming up through the minors. Mm-hmm. Um, who we saw on the we did see in Hartford, Connecticut. Who's their Double A team again? The Binghamton Rumble Ponies. Yeah, because they used to be the Binghamton Mets. Yep. Then they changed it to a way better name. Yeah. I think every minor league team should do that. Yeah. Like if... Yeah. Like the Worcester Red Sox need to change to something else. Yeah. Like the... Uh, yeah. Like the Worcester Wildings, Wild Wings. I mean, yeah, I'm thinking about every minor league team I saw this summer, and it was like the Hartford Yard Goats, the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, the Toledo Mud Hens, the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, and then the Worcester Red Sox. Like, yeah. come on. you gotta. Ch- I get that it's two words, but you got to do better than that. Right. It's got to be like a password. Like there cannot be, or not like a username. Like you, there can't be another one of like it out there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We need that. Make it specific to Worcester. Like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, you have to. The Worcester Worcesters. I'm not too, I'm not too familiar with. I'm not either. Worcester. I don't even think it has to be. I don't even think like, what do yard goats have to do with, with Hartford? Uh, nothing. Yeah. It doesn't have to have anything to do with the city. Yeah. Just make it fun. Yeah. Put it up to a fan vote. That's what that's what hap- that's what kind of happened. Let with the like a yard council goats. of five year olds decide. Yeah. <laughs> yard goats are fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anything? It's a, it's like one of those things where it's like your la- like the last like your uh, it's like create a minor league team name and it's like twenty six options and it's like your first initial is the first letter and your your last initial is the second letter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh I landed on yard goats. <laughs> Um. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Anything more on the Mets? No, I think that's it. Honestly. Yeah. Um. Well, that should do it for this edition of Above Replacement Radio. We will get into uh, some other teams and their actions uh, in the next episode. But yeah, you know, we're a little constrained here. Uh, we still have the Cardinals, the Red Sox, uh, the Guardians, uh, the Cubs to talk about. Um, and then maybe a different team if none of those teams signed Dansby Swanson or the teams that we already mentioned. And uh, also the Braves. And also the Braves. The Braves. Yeah, who, of, cor- of course the Braves are going to be there. Come on. They made a trade. I mean, um, yeah, they they did, they did the cheapest thing possible. They they fleeced a team on a deal. So <laughs> they they fleeced the like the most like the most pathetic team to fleece too. Yeah, true. It's like, come on, dude. Really, you're picking on that team. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what are, What are you trying to prove? Yeah, Dansby Swanson's only on the free agent market too because he rejected a six year, eighteen million dollar <laughs> deal. <laughs> um, yeah, I I admire any brave that goes to the free agent market. It's like, wow, <laughs> you really stood up for yourself yeah. here. 
<laughs> Freddie Freeman and Tansby Swanson. And that's like the only ones we can cite. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, I, I, I do want to talk about this now, though. It must suck to be William Contreras seeing everyone, every one of your teammates getting extensions after like two months of being good. Yeah. And being like, oh, it's my turn soon. Like I was a starting all-star this year. Surely my turn's coming. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to a different team. I'm going to a different team that definitely that will, will not, not spend on me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have you to know they're literally the one. They they might be the one team that doesn't spend on a single free agent this year. Uh, they just signed Trevor May. No, no, I'm not talking about William Contreras did not go to the A's. Oh, oh, the Brewers. Yeah, 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 yeah. They have true. not spent on a single free agent this year. Um, right. They're in such a weird spot where they're competitive, but also they're not competitive true true like they got young pitching but i wonder if christian yellows is really holding them back that much right because i mean like what corbin burns has two more years brandon woodruff has two more years like you got to start figuring out what do you want to do with those guys soon like now actually not even soon just now yeah that's a big complex they got going on um and yeah the cardinals and cubs made moves but they didn't um, and they're coming off a disappointing year, so yep, they'll figure it out. I think we should wrap up on that, though. Sounds good. Um, so yeah, we will get into Cardinals, Cubs, Red Sox, um, Cardinals, Cubs, Red Sox, Guardians, um, and uh, maybe a little bit on the Braves also, mm-hmm. um, as we do our next episode. But for episode two twenty two, that is it. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this one. If you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter, at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow my Instagram. It's new. Yes. At Chris, at Chris Gianta. No underscore necessary, thankfully. Um, follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram, at Daniel underscore Curran, and follow the show Instagram, at Above Replacement Radio, for all the show needs. We hope you enjoyed this one, and we hope to see you next time, where we will be talking all the other free agent and trade, free agent deals and trades in Major League Baseball. We will see you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.